Hello. Okay. This time I finished, or I read and finished, uh, Murder by the Cup by Abigail Lynn Thornton. It is uh, book one in the Ledoux mystery series. I like this one. Like, it's still within the realm of the um, cozy witch murder mystery thing. I didn't like my first one. <laughs> but I like this one. Uh, the main character, Winona, ran away from an evil family when she was like 27. She is a, they still, she's still classified as a witch, but her powers have been bound, like, from the moment of birth, somehow her powers were bound, nobody in the family knows how or why. So yeah, technically she is a witch, but she does not have access to her powers. For some reason, I'm going to assume they explain in the rest of the series. Um, and her family is just this really high-powered witch family, and they were dicks to her because she couldn't, she didn't have power. The only person in the family that treated her nice and lovingly was her grandma, who passed away. Um, it was a little if at one point it was made to seem like uh, Winona's grandma passed away three years ago. And that's when she ran away. But there was another part that said it only happened like three months before all of this happened. So somewhere within a three period, either three months or three years, um, Winona runs away and decides to open up a tea shop. Out of two books, I am noticing another theme here. Tea shops. They all own tea shops. Is that a thing? Or do I just happen to pick up two that have tea shops? I don't know. Anyway, um, about a week before she opens her shop, there's a dead body found in her office. Like, she had gone home the night before, all was good, all was well, and then she goes in to make sure the shop is ready, and there's a dead body on the floor. Awesome, you know? Um, and that just opens up. How did the body get there? 
who is it? Why in her office, which was still a bit unclear, but yeah, because one did when we figured out who the killer is, it was all kind of a big ball of what the hell, you know, which is awesome. But it was, uh, it was still murky. There we go. That's the word. Some of the motives behind what the killer did were, it was fully explained, but it was still like, really? You did that because of that moment? You know? <clears throat> so with the dead body in her shop, the cops have, you know, crossed it off. Nobody can go into her office. And it's looking like she's not going to be able to open up shop. Because the police chief, for some unknown reason, does not like her. And wants to pin the murder on her. Which, you know, is an obvious, good, obvious choice. Because... It's her office. <laughs> so, because the police chief doesn't want to even, you know, look for clues about anything other than Winona being the murderer, Winona decides that, you know, she has to investigate and figure it out herself. While trying to clear her name, she meets two potential suitors. One is a werewolf, the other is a warlock. The werewolf was so cute. I loved him. He was like a little puppy dog. Oh, he was so cute. And I'm not meaning it like he didn't act like a puppy or anything, you know. Just his character and his manners. He was just so cute and sweet. And I love him. I want Winona to be with him forever. Warlock, on the other hand, I liked him up to a certain point. And he... In the beginning, it, he wasn't really creepy, but as the book progressed, he got creepier, or he got creepy. And I can't think of any example. I just, it was something telling, I, he was nice, he was sweet. And then, no. So, as usual with my reading and writing, werewolf is good, warlock is bad. I don't have any warlocks in my stories, though. But anything other than werewolf is bad, so. Eh, not really. <laughs> but it's fun. <clears throat> So while, you know, she's now trying to open up a tea shop, 
She has two bo two men fighting for her. She's trying to solve this mystery. There's a bunch of missteps along the way. But she's able to solve the murder and discovered an embezzling, lovesick son and employee. So, the first dead guy, and I forgot to mention there's two dead, there ends up being two dead guys. The first dead guy is dressed to look like the actual second dead guy. You know, gotta have a little red herring in there. But that one was solved, like, really quick. Anyway, so the second dead guy, he owned a bakery. And, at, like, he was Gordon Ramsay of the baking world. And somebody wanted his recipes. So they killed him. The first guy, they played off, like, as an accident-ish. Trying not to give too much away. <clears throat> so... The second guy, everybody's wanting his recipes and everything. His son was, uh, his son was dating the his father's secretary, and together, the two were stealing money from the father. So that was a thing. Uh, overall, I liked it. It was good. Um, the main character did harp on her lack of magic a bit. Like, a lot. You, that definitely could have been cut down. You know, to every once in a while versus almost every other paragraph. But it was good. You know, from beginning to end, I had no clue who the murderer was. And I even, um, they, apparent, the author apparently dropped a clue. And I missed it. Like, I have to go back and find where she dropped this one clue because I don't remember what was happening when she said she dropped it. I don't remember the killer saying or doing whatever it was that clued the main character in. It was that subtle. So I've got to go back and find that. And that's good, you know, because it entices me to go back and see if there were any other clues that led to this guy being a murderer. Sorry. And it makes me want to go back. It makes me want to continue the series. Because it was a good mystery. And the way it ended was very interesting. Um, I do think... Series-wise, you could almost 
read them out of order, and I'm just basing this on book one here, you could almost read them out of order because there are no cliffhangers. You know, the, once the murder, murder is done, uh, it's all wrapped up in a nice little bow. So they could almost be standalones. But I think there is going to be an overarching story. There is going to be this overarching story of her probably trying to um, get her powers back. Like, she doesn't even know what type of powers she has because it was literally from the moment of birth her powers were bound. That is kind of weird and sketchy. It's also weird and sketchy that the family doesn't know who did it. But. Okay. Because, I mean, in general, when a witch casts a spell, they normally are in the room or within the vicinity, or, you know, they have to have, like, something personal belonging to the person they're trying to curse, find, whatever. Um, it all depends on, like, the strength of the spell, the magic system that they're working with in the world. They've got to be near, have something personal, or, you know... The person I'm thinking would end up be having to be like somebody the family knows because, yeah, to do something like that usually takes like a lot of power and they couldn't have something personal to Winona because she was just born. She didn't have anything. That would be hers. So see, I'm also interested in seeing the overall story arc from that. Because I want to see how that plays out. Um, there was one thing, you know, aside from her complaining about no powers uh, the the other one thing that I didn't like <clears throat> was uh, the author described gothic architecture and gargoyles as tropes for horror movies um, yeah they can be found in horror movies but that's not the first thing I think of when I think of a horror movie or when I think of gothic architecture and gargoyles you know the horror movies does not cross my mind um, and many horror movies don't really pay a lot of 
detail, attention, emphasis on the structures. Yeah, there are a few. I think the Omen had a lot of um, building scenes, or not scenes, but like focuses a lot on the architecture and mainly churches because Damien, I think was the child's name. Okay, we're going to call him Evil Little Shit because I'm not 100% sure on what his name was. Um, but he was supposed, this little kid was supposed to be the Antichrist. So, of course, there's going to be a lot of emphasis on the churches and the church buildings because I've, oh, it's been too many years. I want to say he obviously had aversion to going to church, you know, sacred ground. Holy objects can't be near demon spawn. So, yeah, I think there were establishing shots. There it is. So I think there were a lot of establishing shots of churches or crosses, holy relics. The mother and baby statues. <clears throat> But the rest of the time, horror movies don't focus on the house or building as a big part of the storyline. So you forget really what, where they were. <coughs> Sorry. And it doesn't really matter. Really, past the omen, um, the only other two I can think of where the architecture was a bit more prominent was uh, the Munsters and the Adams Family. Those are more comedies than horror. But they did put, the TV shows did put a little more emphasis on their location as part of the show, as part of the gag. You know, they're crazy monster people who are into the dark side of life. So, of course, they're going to have gothic-looking houses, maybe some gargoyles. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry. But, and it could just be because I know the original intention behind gargoyles was protection. So it could just be that because I know gargoyles are there to protect the building and the people who commune inside the building. I, 
it's an odd thing. I will. It is very odd thing for me to not like. But I just, I didn't like it. And I don't really equate gothic architecture with horror movies. Maybe I'm watching the wrong horror movies. Don't know. Anyway, so that was Murder. That was Murder by the Cup by um, Abigail. I shut my notes off. And it takes forever to find them again. Abigail Johnson, I think. This is horrible and bad. Give me a second. Oh, load in, you stupid piece of crap. Overall, good. Liked it. Um... Yay, I was right. Um, <laughs> sorry. Okay, so that was Murder by the Cup by Abigail Lynn Thornton. I think I screwed that up in the beginning and said Johnson. Don't know why Johnson is stuck in my head. But, yeah. It was good. I liked it. I do recommend it. Uh, I... If I had to give it stars, which I kind of don't like doing, but I do anyway because that's how we're programmed, I'd say four or five stars, somewhere in there. Have a good night.